Isaiah chapter 31, verse 1. Woe to those going down to Egypt for help, and on horses lean, and trust on chariots, because many, and on horsemen, because very strong, and have not looked on the Holy One of Israel, and Jehovah have not sought. This says trouble will come to God's people when they don't ask Him for help, and when they don't ask Him if they can go to the battle, and when they look to the world for help. The armies that we build and all of the defenses and walls that we build in our life, they aren't going to do us any good unless the Lord is behind us. It's better if we're weak because he loves to glorify himself in weak people. When we remain weak and trust in him instead of trying to do everything from a worldly perspective, we will be protected. 2. And he also is wise, and bringeth in evil, and his words he hath not turned aside, and he hath risen against a house of evildoers, and against the help of the workers of iniquity. The Lord comes against people who willfully practice sin and won't repent. There are some evangelists that in their ministry they will tell anybody who's living in sin, God loves you just the way you are. But the Bible says, that the Lord is against those who practice sin, and that he hates those who practice sin. Now this isn't a malicious hate, this is an intolerance hate, which means he won't put up with our sin. He doesn't love us just the way we are. He loves us the way he created us to be. The Lord does love unconditionally in the sense that he has always loved us, and he wouldn't have created us in the first place if he didn't love us. He loved us before we were created, and He gave everything, including His own Son, for us. That is definitely love. He loves everyone, but He isn't friends with everyone. So we aren't saved just because God loves us, because at one point Satan was loved. But the Lord has never tolerated Satan's sin, and that's why Satan has a future called destruction. And the Lord won't tolerate our sin either. 3. And the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. And Jehovah stretcheth out his hand, and stumbled hath the helper, and fallen hath the helped one, and together all of them are consumed. This says that if Israel trusts in Egypt to help them fight against the Assyrians, then as they're holding hands together, they will fall down together. Israel is commanded to trust the Lord only and not to ask the devil for a favor by going to the world and asking the world for help. 4. For thus said Jehovah unto me, As growl doth the lion, and as the young lion over his prey, called against whom is a multitude of shepherds, from their voice he is not affrighted, and from their noise he is not humbled. So come down doth Jehovah of hosts to war on Mount Zion, and on her height. Just as a wild lion would not be afraid of a whole group of shepherds trying to fight it to protect the sheep, the Lord also will not be afraid of anyone. He will fight on the mountain of Zion, which is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is surrounded by three narrow valleys. There's one valley in the center, and then there's two valleys, one on each side of Jerusalem. 
the palace and the temple and all the important places in Jerusalem are on a mountain. They're all above those valleys. And that's why Zion is a mountain. 5. As birds flying, so doth Jehovah of hosts cover over Jerusalem, covering and delivering, passing over and causing to escape. The Lord will cover over his people and make them invisible to the enemy so that they can escape. Not only in Bible history has he allowed his people to escape the enemy, but also in your history and in my history personally. There's been many times where the Lord has saved us from the enemy. Even when our lives were damaged, it could have been a lot worse if the Lord wasn't covering over us. 6. Turn back to him from whom sons of Israel have deepened apostasy. This is a call to repent from apostasy. There's three ways that Christians can sin. One is when they aren't backslidden, but they might occasionally fall in a certain area, like holding a grudge against somebody, or not being kind, or failing to share the gospel when they had a chance to. Those are all ways that Christians sin when they aren't living in sin. Those are isolated incidences that come up in a Christian's life, and the Christian does have to repent and get back on the straight and narrow path with Jesus. Then there's the backslidden Christian who lives a lifestyle of sin. They might be living with a boyfriend or girlfriend, or they regularly tell lies to co-workers in order to not get in trouble on the job, or they have some sort of addiction, or they're codependent and they're serving a person instead of serving the Lord. Or they could be submitting to false doctrine and religious leaders instead of submitting to Jesus. That person needs to repent from lifestyle, sins that they're doing on a regular daily basis, the same sin over and over. And then there's the apostate, which verse 6 is talking about. An apostate is in a worse spiritual state because they're in denial about their sin. At least the Christian who doesn't live a sinful lifestyle and the Christian who's backslidden, both of them know when they've sinned, and both of them feel ashamed about sinning, and they don't like knowing that they have sinned. But the apostate is proud of their sin. They believe that they're guaranteed salvation no matter how they live, and that they're above the laws of God, and they don't have to follow God's laws. And that's what the Lord is talking about here. The apostate practices a lifestyle of sin, just like the backslidden Christian. However, the apostate has no guilt about it and no intention of repenting. The Israelites believed that because they were born Israelites, no matter how much idol worship they practiced, they were still God's children. And there are Christians today that believe that no matter how much they sin, they're still God's children because they go to church 7. For in that day despise doth each his idols of silver, and his idols of gold, that your hands have made to you a sin. The Lord says a day is coming when I will judge you so harshly that you will despise your old sinful lifestyle, because you'll know that you brought all of this judgment on yourself. When I became born again, I mourned for a long time over my past sin. It was so hideous to me, and it still is when I think of it. It really bothers me that I wasted so many years practicing evil. 
Well, that's how God's people will be when they repent. They'll be sorry for what they did. 8. And fallen hath a sure by sword, not of the high, yea, a sword, not of the low doth consume him, and he hath fled for himself from the face of a sword, and his young men become tributary. Ashur is a name for Assyria. This says that the Assyrians will die by a sword that doesn't come from man. That sword will come from God himself. And in 2 Kings chapter 19, that's exactly what happened. The Lord's angels came and killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. And it wasn't the Israelites' sword that killed them. It was the sword of the Lord. When it says your young men will become tributary, that means that they will become servants to the Israelites. 9. And to his rock from near he passeth on, and affrighted by the ensign have been his princes, an affirmation of Jehovah, who hath a light in Zion, and who hath a furnace in Jerusalem. The Assyrians will be afraid of the battle flag of the Israelites, and they were. That night, they became so confused and afraid, not only were the angels killing them, but they started killing each other. They were killing their own fellow soldiers because they were so confused. And those who could run and flee from their camp ran in fear. This says that the Lord has a light in Zion, and that is Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. He will be there during the millennial reign, and essentially he's there now because God is with us. And it also says there is a furnace in Jerusalem that represents the fire of the Lord that brings wrath to those who disobey him and refines those who love him by letting them go through trials and tribulations so that their faith becomes stronger. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 31.